I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Resource Real Talk about real estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. Back with you again today to talk about something uh, that actually came to us uh, in a moment of jest. A lot of our listeners will know we're in Louisville, Kentucky recording, uh, and the past few days have been dreary, to say the least. It's just been dark and gray and rainy and gross just day in and day out for like three days now. Like pouring down rain. Yeah, like nonstop, torrential. Flooded basements. So the other day we were up here, Jay and I, and the office was a little bit empty. You know, it's what, nine o'clock in the morning. It's like, looks like nighttime outside, pouring down rain. And Jay mentions, where is everybody? He's like, what are agents doing on rainy days? And we kind of joked among ourselves while we're trying to plan this week's podcast. Jay says, we should do a podcast episode on what realtors should do on rainy days. I mean, literally, I think a little empty is generous. Yeah. There was like not a soul. It was us. Yeah. Like I, I asked Marcy who was in the team room mm-hmm. because the light was on and she was like, nobody. Yeah. Jay, you said, you said what you normally say when you walk up, you're like, who's up here? And it was like, yeah. cricket, cricket. <laughs> yeah. So, so literally it came to me in that moment that, well, and I guess we should probably, we should probably underscore the fact that in, in a, Busy real estate office, okay? In a busy real estate office, the mornings are jumping. Yeah. Like jammed. Like there's people everywhere, hairs flying, <laughs> lots of conversations, a lot of pacing up and down the hallways, yeah. whole lot, whole lot going on. But the afternoons, dead. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it came to me in that moment that it really, the rain acted almost like lunchtime does yeah. in, in a typical <laughs> week. And it basically just told the agents of the office that it wasn't time to be in the office. Yeah. Well, some of the reality of that is a, a realtor's job, a lot of it happens outside of the office, we know. And Absolutely. a lot of these agents, they schedule morning prospecting time or or they're, you know, there's meetings that we hold, you know, several times a week here in the office. But their afternoons are showings and closings and, you know, meeting with potential clients, et cetera. But when we when we noticed the office was empty on a morning, it kind of didn't make sense. So not just when it's raining, but we were just trying to figure out some agents, especially newer agents, sometimes struggle to figure out what to fill their schedule with. You know, some days can be the busiest day you've ever had. You just hit the ground at eight o'clock and you're running, 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 running until eight o'clock at night. And then some days you might wake up, prospect a little bit, and then have no clue what to do. So that was kind of the question. I think, I think, yeah, it's the question that every agent asks themselves is what do I do now? I got my license. Yeah. I went through that, that, uh, dreaded, you know, pre-licensing course. Mm hmm. And the ink is dry. I picked a broker. You know, I'm really excited. Now what? Yeah. So, and then quickly that becomes this daunting kind of task of how do I fill my days? Yeah. Like, you know, four or five years in, in a good market where people are beating down your door wanting to you to represent them, that's a very different situation than being a brand new agent. So what what Gabe and I discussed and what we thought would be great to bring to you today was a little bit of a recipe 
a little bit of a recipe for success. By no means is our way the only way, but a little bit of a recipe for success for those agents that are either getting started and trying to make good habits or the agent that's looking for transformational kind of results. Yeah. It's not just new agents. Not just new agents. Like I've been doing it this way for a long time. I've get, I'm still getting what I've always gotten and I'm looking to make a leap. Yeah. So what does that look like? You know, here recently, Gabe, an agent that I know very well from the small town in Kentucky that I'm from, Elizabethtown, that where we've had a few guests, even my father and, you know, a few others um, contribute to the show, you know, ha- have a, have roots there. Um, and she, she, um, she tagged me on an, an Instagram story where she had basically uh, prescribed to the Tom Ferry Success Summit, which was last week, right? Um, digitally. Which which is a way that you can you can watch it online. Yeah, so watching it online. Watch yeah. it online. And she heard Tom discuss from the stage the need to have a bulletproof schedule. Okay, and you you heard Tom and his some of his wisdom here on resource. Uh, we didn't exactly talk morning routine, but um, or scheduling. But the truth is, if it's not in your calendar, it doesn't exist. And that this what she's looking for is she's an agent that has been in the business nearly a decade. Okay. And is looking for different results. Her business has grown to the certain point, but what got her here won't get her there. Sure. And so now she's looking for a difference. And one of the things that she's committed to is getting up at 5 a.m. I don't want to harp on the early morning thing. That's not for everybody. But she's committed to getting up at 5 a.m. for the next 90 days. Okay. Okay. And and put the public commitment out there for people to consume and criticize and ask about. Um and I commend her for that because if you're looking for different results, you got to do different things to get them. Absolutely. Okay. And what's interesting about this too is I've noticed that, uh, you know, in my own personal life, there's been times where I've challenged myself to get up earlier because I like how I feel when I wake up earlier. I just feel better when I'm up early. Uh, but sometimes the biggest reason why I fall off of getting up at five or five thirty or whatever time it is is because I don't know what to do with my time when I wake up, like the morning routine, like we said, and we talked about morning routines, but I'm like, what do I do now? Like I worked out a little bit. Yeah. I drank some coffee or some cold well, water and I'm like, uh, well now I've got, so let's be real quick. <laughs> let's be real quick about morning routine. Yeah. Okay. Um, whenever you get up, whatever works for you, there's a few things that you should do. And I'll be very, very brief. Cause this is not the topic that we want to delve into big time today, Sure, but there should be, some sort of something that kicks off your day on the right foot. And I don't mean to be cliched by that, but literally something rooted in positivity, rooted in, you know, achievement. Yeah. We say, get your mind right. Get your mind right. Get you, get, get you moving in the right direction. You know, I personally, I like to exercise. Yep. You know, I like to eat something decent. You know, I like to do a little bit of catch up. Kind of uh, not ketchup like on a hot dog. Ketchup, <laughs> a little bit of ketchup, a little, a little bit, bit of, of mustard, a little bit of ketchup on my scrambled eggs. Uh, I like to do a little bit of ketchup on. Uh, it makes me feel really good to tie off loose ends early. Sure. Okay. So like, if there are emails that came in the evening, get a good quick response out at you know five thirty six o'clock in the morning. Get it off my plate. Get it done. Um, but not a lot of time on that. I really don't want to get too bogged down in details early. Um. So, so exercise, eat something, you know, cross a few quick items off the to-do list. 
I like to I like to think about the big picture early in the morning. So if I've got a big initiative, I like to get a little progress on on a big initiative. I like to think about my investing personally, okay. my real estate investing mostly in the morning because I tend to outsource my my other investing to a financial planner, uh, Mr. Michael Bush, who you've heard here on the on the podcast, on the podcast. Yeah. but my real estate investing, I'm deal hunting, right? Those are the things I like to do to get my day started. Yeah. Okay. They get you moving in the right direction. They get me moving in the right, right direction. If I, if I can move the needle even ever so slightly on a couple of those things, it gets me primed for a good day. Okay. But like you said, what next? Yeah. Okay. So I think you have to know yourself. Okay. Um, you have to know your circumstances and your situation too. So me, I have this beautiful office, right? That essentially is not all my dedicated space, but you know, my name's on the lease. So sure. Like as well use this is the place. And I have people here that inspire me people here that I've signed on to inspire them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have assumed the responsibility to lead those people. Um, and so I like to get my body moving get it out of my house after my routine is complete. Yeah, that's good. Okay. And I like to I like to get to the office and have a change of scenery. Right? Change of scenery and exposure to people who inspire me. Yeah. You all, everyone here in this office, you inspire me. You inspire me to be better so that I can help you be better. So, everybody might not have that same circumstance, but sometimes a change of scenery works. Mm-hmm. Whether that's you work from home and you need to go to Starbucks and get yeah. a, you know get get some time away from you know the four walls of your house, um, or you know you have an office space that you rent from your broker and you go and you hit the office at eight a.m. and you put on your headset and start prospecting. Right, like it's really up to you what you do. Okay, so. What I think most agents don't do is what I think you should do next. Okay. Okay. After that change of scenery, I think you should immediately go into prospecting. Okay. That's first thing. First thing. Okay. I think, you know, know your business, right? But you should immediately go into prospecting. And that's because it should be reflective of that. That should be reflective of its importance. Right. You're going to get that. On the books very early in your day. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, if it's something that you're struggling to do consistently, by tying it to a specific place and time, it'll become more natural. When you walk into the office, if you can make your office at 8 a.m. the place and time where you prospect, it's going to be easier. Every morning when you come in, your brain's going to say, I know what we're doing next. Yeah. Well, and the longer you let, the, the later you allow it to be scheduled, the more opportunity there is for disruption. Sure. Okay. I we, we have lots of agents with great intentions that want to prospect, that want to, you know, put time in their count cal- that physically put time in their calendar for that every single day that rarely adhere to it mm-hmm. because your day starts to attack you. <laughs> your your day starts fighting back. Yeah. So earlier is better. You know, um, a gentleman that we've had on the podcast actually a couple of times now, um, Mr. Tom Tool. We've been able to name drop a bunch of guests so far. Dude, I'm totally name dropping. (laughs) But but he is one of the most fierce prospectors I know. Okay. And he protects it. It's his happy place. Like he throws on that headset and he stands at a standing desk. In the zone. And he's he's in his element. He is in the zone. You want you want to see an angry face, you know. Um, go interrupt him. Go interrupt him while he's while he's calling. Okay. 
And he gets in an hour a day, no matter what, rain or shine, five days a week. That's what he does. Yeah, no sweat. And, and you know, the way that – the best thing I can explain it is, you know, especially in the last year of my life where I've made a substantial commitment to my health and working out, it's the feeling you feel – he, if he doesn't prospect, it's the feeling you feel when you go a day or two without working out and you're afraid of losing mm. your mojo. You're afraid of losing your, your momentum. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I'm behind on my push up goal. Okay. It's the feeling that you feel when you're behind. Yeah. When he misses it, he's uncomfortable. He's made it so. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really kind of interesting when you can do that, when you can build a habit. You make something so valuable habitual. Yeah. It, it can make It's not really, just the getting it done. It's that feeling of accomplishment that it, it makes you feel good to get it done. It makes you that much better at playing Captain Save-A-Deal later that afternoon, <laughs> right? When you're, when you're negotiating a repair request or, you know, trying to, you know, I don't know, find another finance option for your client when their first one denies them. Sure. Like it sharpens you. It sharpens you up. So I think that's the next thing. Okay. The next thing is yep. prospecting. Jump into prospecting. Jump into prospecting and and know your business again. Like if that is a headset and a and a robo dialer and just like crush and expires, that's you. If that's, you know, showing up with, you know, a box of donuts to, you know, a yes, yeah. a I don't know, a state attorney's office to try and get referrals. You know, that's you. If it's, you know, going to see one of your closest friends in the morning, surprising them with something so that you can start a conversation surrounding real estate, then that's great. Yeah. But prospect every single day, early in the day. Um, You know, I think it also sets you apart because I don't think of very many people prospect early. Right. And if you're someone that doesn't prospect regularly right now, this can lead to another problem, which is once you start prospecting, one of the most discouraging things, especially for new agents, can be when you feel like you're prospecting a lot, uh, but you have no showings or appointments or anything to show for it later in the day. Any, Even someone like Tom who loves prospecting probably can't do it for more than a few hours at a time without losing focus or kind of losing some of that steam. So say you've come into the office, you're feeling good, you got your breakfast, you got your workout, you just prospected, you just took the headset off, you got a good headset imprint in the side of your hair, that's how you know you've been prospecting for the right amount of time. And now you're like, what do I do? I don't have any showings today, no closings, and you're struggling to get creative, especially when you feel like you just crushed it. And you know, there's that temptation to say, well, I put in a good effort today. You know, is is today over at 1130? Prospect or, some more. Prospect some more. Okay. So even, Prospect some more. Okay. Uh, I, you I don't, don't think there's a, a danger of overexposing yourself and making yourself hate prospecting by doing it too much? Or do you start to, what if you start to do it wrong? Or am I just making stuff up? You are totally making stuff up. Right now. <laughs> like, I, 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 granted, it's easy for me to say, okay. Um, Prospect 24 hours a day. No. Prospect no. instead of sleeping. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, there's different ways of prospecting. There are literally endless sources of prospecting. Yeah. Okay. So there's no, there's no way you can overexpose yourself unless you're just really lazy and not very creative. Okay. So, so it doesn't have to be with the headset on. Like so you I, said, going got, out to get referrals in person could be I got, an, I got an idea. How about you lock yourself in a quiet room and spend an hour trying to figure out new and creative ways to prospect? Uh, that sounds good for you. Okay. How about you uh, visit a new construction development and 
have a chat with and build rapport with the builder sales rep mm-hmm. who's there. You know, builders um, that own their own real estate agencies that sell their own product, you know, like the big ones. Yep. Do you know their agents? Because they are licensed agents. They have to be. Do you know their agents are not allowed to list properties? They're not allowed to take listings. Okay. What percentage of new construction buyers do you think have a house to sell? Yeah, probably a lot. A lot. And the yet the agent they're working with to buy a new construction home can't list their home. Smells like there's some opportunity there. Hmm. So for those of you that hadn't thought of it, that think that you can never, ever break the barrier to get into new construction, I've got an interesting, interesting proposition for you. Figure out the biggest builders in your town, okay, wherever you're at, and go visit their model homes and talk to their sales agents. Make good relationships. You may not do it on the first day. You may not do it on the second day or the 10th trip, okay? But start finding ways to make their job easier. And then when someone walks on that new, walks in that model home looking at new construction and ends up buying, that agent might be able to accept a referral fee, maybe not. But worst case, their success on selling new construction is contingent probably upon that buyer selling the home they have to sell. Yeah. And I mean, if you make the right kind of relationship with them, at, at the very least, they know this is someone that might bring more business my way in the future. You know, yeah, and then they'll support you. I mean, th- there's just endless ways to prospect, Gabe. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with that. But, like, come on, people. You can't prospect too much. Mm-hmm. There are so many ways that you can prospect. You know, okay, so I got an idea. Here's another one. Um, you're a real estate agent, right? So you, you know, purportedly understand values. So when you understand real estate values, then you obviously know when you see a good deal, right? Right. Okay, so how about you go out and look at houses that might be a good deal? And then when you find one, you have lots of different ways to make it known that you have a good deal. Yeah. And when you make it known that you have access to a good deal, people find you. Really simple. So go preview houses. If nothing else, you walk away with a better understanding of what the market is doing in your area. Which is extremely valuable. Yeah. So therein lies another way. If you're grasping at straws for ways to spend your time, Gabe, which I don't think anybody is. I think um, too many people are. Unless you're not thinking creatively enough. Like people are playing Minesweeper. <laughs> um, yeah. Go go study the market. How about that? How about you study the market so you're a better agent? Yeah. So, and, and I don't mean to sound contentious, like. I just, I really, you kind of struck a nerve with me because I get that a lot. You know, as you know, Gabe, I mentor a lot of newer agents. The truth is, is what newer agents tend to lack most is imagination. Mm -hmm. They could even come from imaginative backgrounds and very creative backgrounds and artistic places, you know, places where, you know, it's like they can have abstract thought and come up with lots of intriguing things, but somehow they get paralyzed by this industry and I don't get it. Well, and some of what you're saying too is making me think there's a lot of ways to prospect and kill two birds with one stone. Like you said, if you're going to visit these people, you can be prospecting and developing professional network relationships, right? Or you can be doing a type of prospecting where you're also getting better at engaging your social media audience. You know, one thing that I've seen a lot is people will post um, about a type of buyer they have, right? On Facebook, a realtor will post, Hey, I've got somebody looking for four bedrooms and two and a half bathrooms and their budget. They're willing to go all the way up to 450. 
Uh, you know, in St. Matthews, who knows somebody like that? And people yeah. are like, oh, maybe this person, you know, and there, there's a way to get seller leads while also building your social media audience, right? Absolutely. So there's a lot of ways to do two things at once here. That's that's a product of a of an inventory stricken and, you know, market. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have a lot of inventory, but yeah, that that's absolutely it. Like, literally, I posted, we talked about this this morning, I posted on, um, on, Facebook last night. Oh yeah, this was good. Um, a picture of like twenty different cell phone models. Yep. Just scaling back from the original brick phone up to like what the early iPhone. Yeah, yeah, the early iPhone. And and, and basically just ask the question which which number was your first cell phone? Yeah, which one of these was your first? And the the funny thing is, um, that's not prospecting. I'm not talking about real estate, but it is stirring the pot. It is building relationships. Like I had a numerous, I had numerous conversations. It went bananas surrounding that particular post with people that I haven't talked to in a long time. And those, those are people that are now going to remember me a little more clearly, right? A little more often. Um, you know, I'm looking, trying to look right now. I'm gonna have to pull it up some other kind of way. See, see where my stats on that post are. But no, I mean stuff like that. Come up with a creative way to engage the people that are connected to you. It's at 104 comments right now. Not bad. Which I thought was kind of crazy. Um, Comments, not likes. Comments. Yeah, three shares and 104 comments. I got pictures of bag phones. I got pictures of tin cans and string. You know, I got like a whole lot of like original Nokia. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> see, like you Nokia say, that's love. not necessarily real estate. It's not necessarily prospecting, but your audience, people that don't necessarily talk to you are feeling like now's a chance where it's something relevant to me that I can talk about. Maybe well, they're not th- talking to you when you post houses, but. Well, I don't think any of the realtors in our audience or any of our listeners would argue with the fact that top of mind awareness is a good thing. Yeah. I'm, right now, I just got a new dog. Okay. Just yesterday. And in my Instagram story today, I put a picture of our dog with one of the uh, question bubbles and said, we just can't think of a name. Help us come up with a name. Probably went bananas. It's, and it's going right now. Like as I'm getting Instagram notifications all day because everybody is chiming in. Oh, it looks like this. And for each one, I'm posting it and putting a different picture. And so, I mean, it's just stuff like that. Just stuff that gets people out of their shell where they are like, oh, okay, I can, I can engage with this. And maybe it's not real estate stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, anything that gets people talking. I mean, so, so back, back to the original premise. When you don't know what to do, pick up the phone and call somebody. Mm-hmm. That's what I used to do. Like I, I realized very quickly when I got into real estate that I was going to spend an inordinate amount of time. Now, this was a really tough market in 2008. Um, and a lot of my business was going to be bank foreclosures. I identified that pretty quick. Whether right. I was going to, I ended up getting the opportunity to list a lot of them and I sold thousands or about a thousand. I uh, sold about a thousand houses over five years that were bank foreclosed listing sides. Um, but whether I had gotten that opportunity or not, I knew very quickly that if I was going to survive, I was going to have to represent investors purchasing distressed property. Right. Uh, you know, and so I was going to spend a lot of windshield time. And I just decided that all that windshield time was a complete waste. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's only so much sports talk radio you can listen to. <laughs> right. And I'm not texting. I'm not checking emails, which I didn't have anybody emailing or texting me at that point in time anyway, because nobody knew what, what I was doing. Also, it's very unsafe. It's also extremely unsafe. Um, which I wouldn't have done it, but <laughs> there. um, so what did I do? I just called people. Hey, mm-hmm. what are you doing? What's up? You know, how's the kids? How's the wife? How's the job? How's this? How's that? Just yeah, staying, staying top of mind. Like social media wasn't then what it is today. Why do you think people are so terrified to do that? 
just call someone. I don't know. I don't know what to talk about. You know, I think I think that's the big one. There is a certain there is a certain aspect where prospecting itself has this connotation to some that um you if you're if you're asking for business then you must not be okay. Yeah. You know, I will say this, you know, I my whole life I've been an achiever. Right? I've been a I've been a worker and an achiever and like high you know, high D personality, just yep. type A, get it done kind of guy. And I think it's pretty safe to say that the people that know me are pretty confident that I'm going to be successful at what I do. Yeah, so you're not necessarily worried about calling someone to ask for a referral, and they're like, oh, man, Jay must be going out of business. Exactly. Well, but that doesn't excuse the fact that there are opportunities that will miss if I don't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, you just can't let your ego get in the way. That's ego. Sure. Okay, well, I don't want them to think that I'm needy or desperate or whatever. Like, no, you're not desperate. Like, I tell you what, I'm desperate. I'm desperate not to let my people get bad representation. Yeah. I'm I'm desperate to inform them of what they don't know that they think they might know. Unfortunately, right? Um you know I had a guy call yesterday, a good a good client of mine, he's going to try and sell his house himself and it's a great house. Um I just sold him one. I just sold him, you know, a a, a very nice home. Okay. And he has a very nice home already that he's going to try and sell himself, but you know what? I get it. It's like you know, my part of the commission would be north of 20 grand. Yeah. Okay. So to him it's worth trying to him. It's worth trying. And he's a very intelligent, very educated, very successful, very hardworking guy himself. Okay. And I know he can figure it out. You know, I spent 20 minutes on the phone with him trying to explain potential pitfalls, right? That he should try to avoid to make it more, more capable of selling the house himself. Yeah, so you're giving so, this guy tips on selling it himself instead of trying to sway him to list with you is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, how do you think that resonated with him? What do you think? Isn't do you that think bizarre? he expected to have that conversation with you? I don't you? think he did. I don't think he, I don't think he expected me to be desperately trying to talk him out of it. Yeah. I appreciated his um I appreciated his candor. I appreciated him having the guts to call and tell me. Mhm. You know, because that's not an easy conversation, right? When when somebody's done, because I did good work for him before. Because what could you have? What could you have done? You could have whined to him. You could have said, "Man, after everything we've been through and everything I've done, never going to do that, man. That's not attractive." Yeah, no. Um, I I know we're we're getting off topic a little bit, but at the same time, I, I was never going to try and talk him out of what he felt like was right for him. I said, "You know what I said? I said, you know what, dude? That's a lot of money. I get it. If you can do it, you should." Yeah. You know, no it's not as off topic as you think, because what we're talking about here is when you're struggling to figure out who to talk to, the person you might be afraid to talk to because they're trying to sell on their own and you don't want to get in their face with your salesmanship, maybe having an honest conversation with them where you say, hey, I get that you want to do it yourself. That makes sense to me. I still want to be your resource. I still yeah. want to be your real estate go-to guy. Sell it yourself. Yeah. Do your best. If you can't, think about me. Let, me. let me ask you this, Gabe. Um, the guy has is selling a property. Yep. That would have been a good commission. He mm-hmm. bought a property that was even a better commission. Yep. And I gave him great representation. Um, what kind of friends do you think this guy's got? Probably friends that do similar levels of real estate transactions. Probably. Yeah. At least one. And if I whine about what I don't get, 
He's not bragging on you at the bar, I don't think. He's not bragging on me at the birthday at the kid's birthday party this weekend. No. Um, you know, it's karma. So as we're talking about how to spend your time, okay, spend your time being the person that you want other people to see you as. Yeah. You know, I mean, serious business. Like, it sounds so simple, but that's huge. Be the person, like, I've heard people say, be the people, be the person your kids see. The kids that your kids think you that are. That your kids think you are. Yeah. Or the, the vision that they see when they look at you. Like, mm-hmm. the, the person that can conquer the world, the person that can't be hurt, right? The, the in, impenetrable facade. Like, be the kid, be the, be the person you want to be. Be the person you want your clients to, to think you are. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's got flaws. It is what it is. How you spend your time is being that person, right? So, you know, as the kids say, be your, be your best self. Yeah. Live, live your best life. Live your best life. Live That's your right. best life. No, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's really some of the most profound things in my career have been very, very simple. When I don't know what to do, I pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah. Like sometimes I've been so busy and it's the opposite of what m- maybe new agents might be feeling, but I have been so, so busy at times that I didn't know what to do next. And what I did was pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah. Because I knew that that's one thing, one way I could move the needle for the positive. And I recognize that the majority of this episode is coming down to be about prospecting. Sure. But what else do we really do? But maybe people need to know prospecting is not just one thing. When people hear prospect all day, they think it means shut in their office with a headset on all day. No, but there's time for that too. Absolutely. Like, you know, the, the quickest way you move a needle in this business, okay, is hold open houses to find buyers and call expired listings. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a market like what we've had here recently, and then you call FISBOs instead. Sure. Okay. And it's because w- what you've done there is you've separated the general public from the already decided buyers and sellers by those two actions. Mm-hmm. Everybody just reflect on that for a quick moment and understand that when a, somebody walks in an open house, they are thinking about buying. Yep. Whether it's that house, that neighborhood, that price range, that what whatever. Yeah. The, next month, next year, don't give a damn. They're buying. It will happen. Mm-hmm. People don't go unless they're the nosy neighbor, which those are easy to weed out. When when someone has had their house on the market for sale by owner or with an agent and has expired, they want to sell. Yep. Okay. Maybe they've made it evident. They've broadcast that they're planning to sell. They may be ready to give up. Okay. And they may not. But the point is, that's the quickest way to move the needle. And then you just put on the freaking headset or you just sit the open house and you make it happen. Yeah. You, and you know, you kiss enough frogs and you find a prince. Okay. That's what happens there. Okay. Otherwise, everything else is long game. Everything else is long game. You'll think it's long game and it ends up being short sometimes. You'll think it's short and it ends up being long. But the prospecting is long game. Like literally pick up the phone and call somebody that you know that you need to catch up with. Yeah. Pick up the phone and call somebody that you should know. Pick up the phone and call someone that you do know and ask them who you should know. Okay. So the greatest thing – um, uh, you remember the mayor campaign? You remember yep, talking about that? Of course. Brian Buffini's mayor campaign is is a really, really simple yet profound thing. Mm-hmm. How would you talk to somebody if you were running for mayor and you wanted their vote? Well, the greatest thing about the execution of the mayor campaign is that it's not direct. 
it, you you come at someone direct and then you veer, allowing them to answer without awkwardness. Yeah, exactly. If you were in the market to buy or sell a home, Gabe, or if you knew someone that was, yeah, who would you refer them to? Yeah. Okay. So much much more comfortable than saying you would use me if you had to sell or buy a house, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, yes, uh, go away, please. Okay. So so what you can do in prospecting slightly different a member of your sphere of influence is say hey Gabe you know what I'm noticing is uh, the market's been really tough for investors mind you I'm thinking that Gabe is an investor okay or that I've thought about it he's thought about investing Gabe you know the market's been really tough for investing um, but you know I think that's going to change this fall you know, I think the buyers and sellers that are homeowners are going to slow down a bit. And some of the homes that haven't sold, sellers might be a little willing to negotiate. And really, I think that's going to be a good time for investors. Do you know anyone who's, who have you know, do you know anyone or have you talked to anyone who's considered investing recently? And maybe they reflex no here, right? Uh, no, I don't, I don't really know anybody, but if I know anybody, I'll make sure to tell you. And if it ends there, it's okay. Yep. You've right? planted a seed. You've if planted nothing the else. seed, but Gabe who I know has considered investing now knows hmm. that I'm interested in finding an investors. And I've offered him an opportunity that he didn't know about before I opened my mouth. Yeah. Okay. You might get an email from this person in a few days. Hey, remember that phone conversation we had? I was thinking, what would it take for me to start investing? Yeah, But then when I follow it up with an Instagram story, a Facebook post, a, a, a new investment listing that gets blasted out to my sphere of influence, you know, I, I record a podcast, I shoot a video, I do whatever talking about these things. Mm-hmm. And Gabe consumes any of that. He says, hey, Jay, I've thought about investing. You know what? Well, you know. That could have been that could have been what I was going at going for in the beginning, and only reason I I didn't hit him direct um, is I wanted him to I wanted to allow him the opportunity to make the decision on his own. That's it. That's the big thing, and that's what I was going to say. When people feel like they've made the decision to act, to start moving, to jump, whatever you want to say, on their own, the comfort level is going to be so much more. Their their ability to take your advice is going to be higher. If they think that you made a decision for them and that you're behind them pushing them. Instead yeah. of like in front of them leading them, they're going to be much less comfortable, even if it was business they were going to do anyways. Well, there's there's an art. That, okay, so there's a direct, um, you know, a direct plea mm-hmm. or a direct, you know, conversion opportunity, a, a direct response where you go to someone and you ask for the business. Right. That is always happening throughout any good real estate business. Okay. Simultaneously, a whole lot of passive inbound marketing is happening. Yep. Communication. Marketing is nothing but communication. Okay. Um, so, so sales is Gabe. Have you thought about investing? Marketing is Gabe. Do you know anybody who's thought about marketing? Hmm. I like, I like that distinction. There is, it's, it's a very fine line. Okay. But if I'm, if, if I don't think Gabe's ready to be closed, okay. Then I'm going to market to him. Yep. If Gabe's ready to be closed, I'm going to sell. Yep. Understand the distinction, and that sounds aggressive, okay? But it's really not, okay? When it's time for Gabe to get out of his own way, I'm going to say, Gabe, this fall is going to be a great time for investing. I know you've thought about it. Are you ready? Yep. Yes, I'm ready, Jay. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so it's like sales is is I want to know something from you. Marketing is I want you to know something from, from me, me, right? I want you to be aware of this as opposed to, I want to know if you'll do this. I'm inviting you to know this. Yeah. Instead of, you know this, now let's make a decision. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. So 
let, let's recap because I think we're about out of time for today. Sure. Okay. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? Prospect, what do you do on a rate? Like- you, you prospect your face off. Yep. But you start your day in a positive way. Yep. You pick the things that move you forward mentally. You set yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. With you eliminate perf- you know potential stumbling blocks. Yeah, that's it. You 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 get yourself started on the right foot. You start the ball rolling downhill. Okay. Then you then you change your scenery. Okay. Um, you may not need it. I think a lot of people do. Um, you change your scenery. You prospect early in the day so that you don't excuse away why you can't. Yep, you're programming it into your schedule. Exactly. Making it automatic. And then you market, okay, who you are and what you are to the people that are not ready to be closed yet. Yeah. Okay. And that and that is nothing more than a form of prospecting. So if if nothing else, we've what we've done today is redefine prospecting. Yeah. Okay. We've 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 taken the heading of prospecting and we've broken it down into a couple of a couple of categories into the broader world of marketing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, that's about all I've got, man. I mean, it's that simple. Like I'm to the point in my career where if I never put on a headset and dialed expireds again, enough business would find me that I'm going to do very well. Yeah. Okay. But I've done it by routinely and consistently inviting Gabe to know something about me for 10 years. Yeah. It's incessant. It's never stopped. I've always been doing it. So if you do that and you hunt and gather enough to stay in business, right? then in 10 years you'll be in the same place because it's just literally not that hard. You don't have to, you don't have to be a rocket scientist, yeah. which is a overplayed cliche, but um, astrophysicist, would that be better? I'm, I'm sure it's equally difficult. So. <laughs> anyway. Um, I, I like that- this though, because in this episode, my favorite kind of episodes are the ones that have very simple, actionable steps that you can walk away. You take your earbuds out and you know what to do. And I feel like today's episode is one of those. Prospect so, your face off. So next time you're sitting there at your window and it's just pouring down rain and it's 1130 and you've finished everything that you had planned for today and you're like, what on earth do I do now? I don't even want to leave the office for lunch. Now, maybe this is a chance for you to take some of these ideas, put your own spin on them, remix some of these ideas. You know, you don't have to do everything exactly like we said, but use these opportunities to find a way to market to people that you would like to do business with. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. it. That's it. It's that simple. And you can go one-to-one. Mm-hmm. How? It's a, one-to-one prospecting is a beautiful thing. One-to-one marketing is even more beautiful thing. Yep. More beautiful. It's not always about the size of the net. And it, sometimes it can be a more tactical approach. Ooh, you got tactical in. Yep. We have to say tactical in every... We said move the needle like six times, so I had to bring I it did back. Not, I did not go tactical today. <laughs> anyway. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's all we got for today, folks. I mean, you know, again, take that next step, take 30 more minutes before you go back and lay your head on the pillow. That plus one mentality. <laughs> Ooh. We'll have to talk about that sometime. It's too Ooh, late to get into plus, plus one. one I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do it. Today. Okay. I'm writing it down because I think we do need to talk about we plus one. We will talk about plus one. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for today, folks. Prospect your face off. Yeah. Market your face off for me. <laughs> All right. From Resource, this is Gabe Pruitt and Jay Pitts. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back soon. See ya.